trouble than heifers wearing breeches and you know that say amen right there one let me tell you something bozo they'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy puts on a pair of pink underwear amen i sucked my thumb till i was 14 years of age Hi, hey everybody thanks for tuning in to the recovering fundamentalist podcast episode number 170 170 can you believe that wow no that's awesome 170 episodes getting ready to start the fifth year come january 1st man what a what a trip it's been a fun time he's nathan i'm jc and uh, no brian tonight we 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 don't really know where brian is but we had to record so where's brian (laughs) I i will tell you this much brian has been busy he drove down and i can't be mad at him because i'll miss him tonight but I can't be mad because he drove down from Danville, Virginia yesterday and brought three other pastors and they helped me paint all day long. We painted my entire basement, uh, five different rooms in the bathroom and the, the laundry room in one day. It would, it would have taken me all week by myself. Plus I probably would have gone into a great depression because painting is not my favorite thing. I hate I'm sad that I missed the brotherhood, but not the painting. <laughs> well, on <Like> invite. <laughs> the non-invite. Yeah, you're welcome. I yeah. I could swear I told you about this, but you said I didn't. No so clue. We... I literally didn't know. Well, so Brian's probably sitting in a Epsom salt bath or something. That's what old people do, right? Man, I need to leave this recording and go over and sit in an Epsom <laughs> salt bath because because my wife actually has some. So I'm gonna do that because, bro, I am sore from head to toe. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We just made it through that. It was amazing. Went went to Chattanooga, Tennessee, Trenton, Georgia, played basketball, volleyball, and did some top golf for two hours, which, man, that that works some muscles I hadn't worked in a while. And I am sore and then and then painted. So I'm sore from head to toe. Every my earlobes hurt, JC. My earlobes hurt. Everything hurts. You know, top golf is kind of like bowling. It's fun at the beginning, but then you're like, are we still doing this? <laughs> so have you ever played a course, like set it to play uh, like Pebble Beach? Uh-uh. So it, in theory, it's amazing, but it doesn't work right unless there's some golf engineer out there that wants to come teach me how to do it. It Like we tried to adjust where we we're aiming and it it's yeah. cool because you hit it and it shows it on the screen. But the directions, which target to aim at, it's really, really confusing. And I think they need to work on that. But Let's I love Top Golf. Top Golf Chattanooga kind of got the the short end of the stick. It did. We got, we got the test Top Golf, which is like one level. <laughs> it's like fast <laughs> Top Golf. It, it's it's not like what you think of that the there's no holes for the ball to go into. That's the fun thing about a normal Top Golf. It's like yes. And when you hit the ball actually goes into a, a golf hole, this is just painted turf. So, but it's fun. I'm not knocking it. At least we have top golf. Yeah. 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 It was, it was cool, but it That'd was not quite as good as I've, I think I've played at Huntsville. I think I've played in Birmingham. I think I've played 
Charleston or Charlotte and Atlanta. Yeah. Maybe one other one. I've Alpharetta. done Atlanta and I've done Alpharetta and Utah. Salt Lake oh, City. Okay. Utah, beautiful. It was yeah. freezing though. So and the 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 best part is being up on the upper levels and being yeah. able to see how it goes in. Plus, it's just cool. One level top golf is really yeah. more like is it was bottom golf. That's what it is. It's bottom yeah, golf. It's, Chattanooga, it's Tennessee. That's exactly what it is. Single level golf. That's what it is. Well, it was a good Thanksgiving. We, uh, my family kind of dispersed this year. And so we did Thanksgiving here at the church and uh, we had about 40 people from Hope Church Catoosa here at the church on Thanksgiving day. That was a really cool thing. Cause when we lived in Salt Lake city, Utah, obviously we didn't come home for Thanksgiving and our church family was who we gathered and ate with. And, uh, it was, it was a really cool day. I, I love those Thanksgivings just being able to gather with our church family. And uh, I was thankful for that. So, Hey, we've got some uh, updates that I think we need to let everybody know the Israel trip, obviously Israel 2024, which is supposed to be in a few weeks. We've let everybody know, but that trip has been postponed due to unforeseen circumstances. There's a little war that's actually happening right now. And, uh, I know that's not flashed to anybody there, but man, um, We've been on the phone with our friends in Israel, and uh, they are pretty confident that within the next five to six months, things should be back to somewhat normal, as le- at least tourism. Um, and uh, we have rescheduled the trip for January 2025, and um, we want you to go. If you are a pastor, uh, this is a phenomenal trip. Um, everybody that was signed up for this trip is still going. Um signed up for 2025, but we do have a few spots available and uh, we would love for you to go. We just had uh, some, some missionary friends that Nate, we got to eat, uh, eat with Dan Arcia and uh, RC and uh, not Arcia. It's RC. Uh, they are church planners and missionaries in Venezuela. They were here with us last week and they're like, man, we want to go. He goes, man, I'm, I want to see my Bible come to life. And I'm like, you have no idea needs to happen. How incredible this trip is. I'm, I mean, I can't believe it's been almost a year. And every time I pick up my Bible, literally every time I pick up my Bible, I go back to where we were at when I was reading this, like, you know, little things like I was thinking the other day, like, um, Luke 19, where it talks about, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and Zacchaeus was there. Jesus had set his eyes towards Jerusalem. That is not just this happening to happen to be going through Jerusalem, like or Jericho. He was on purposely going through Jericho. You know how long it took? I mean, you know, because we had to stop and let you enjoy the yes. scene out of the bus on the way there. And we're like, <laughs> it's still a very long trip after that. But what an incredible I, I love everything about Israel and and just continuing to pray for our friends that are like family over there. But pastors, we'd love for you to go. You can go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org, and uh, Justin is going to be updating all of those uh, trip details, the dates, and all that stuff, and uh, we'll have that ready for you to uh, sign up and go. It'd be a great Christmas present. Be like, hey, I'm going to Israel next year. Give me a Christmas present a year early, and here's the good thing. You have an entire year now to raise your money. It's only something like $2,800, $2,750. I believe they lowered the price. Yeah, they lowered the price. So go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, and uh, while you're there, signing up for Israel, get you some free life soap and make some great stocking stuffers, um, some beard oil, some soap. Use the promo code RFP and get 20% off of your order. 
Nate, since yeah. last time we talked, we had an incredible For the Sake of the Gospel Conference number two in Asheville, North Carolina. I can't believe it's been since then that we've, that, that was so many weeks ago, but we haven't had a uh, live episode since then. What an incredible conference we had. Man, it was awesome. The the fellowship, the brotherhood, seeing people that we haven't seen in a while, some people we've never met before, and just yeah. just t- talking, fellowshipping, plus the music was incredible. The Hips family yeah, did were. an amazing job, and uh, you just had to be here for that. We had some recording issues, which is why we haven't been releasing some of these episodes. We're trying to figure out the audio issues, but it was amazing. The sermons... Just just hanging out with RFP fam was awesome. We had RFP fam, Colorado, Vegas, Alaska, Texas. Yes, we did. Missouri. Like, I mean, people, uh, uh, Mississippi. Florida. Florida. People drove in from all over. They were sleeping in their vans out in the parking lot. It was an incredible, incredible time. And uh, I, I love any chance that we can get with the RFP fam. And uh, I love for the sake of the gospel conference and um, looking forward to next year for the sake of the gospel conference happening in Port Oglethorpe, Georgia, right here at Hope Church. Katusa. Katusa. And, uh, we'll be letting you know more about that as we get into uh, 2024. So Nate, we haven't recorded in a while, but I'm excited because coming up in a few days, my favorite holiday, Christmas, we get to gather around the microphone for a RFP Christmas Eve special is the most wonderful time of the year. We go taking after Brian since he's not here. That's right. RFP Christmas Eve special is going to happen at 9 p.m. Eastern on Christmas Eve. And uh, we've already got some special guests lined up. Chosen Road, Mark Lowry. He wrote a little Christmas song years ago. He's going to be sharing that with us, and uh, we're excited for that, as well as many other guests. And we have a huge, huge, as the former president, huge, <laughs> would say, a huge announcement. And uh, I'm fired up, I think, more Wait, about the announcement than anything else. Former president? What do you mean, former president? He's He's still my president. <laughs> we're not getting political on here. Good grief. <laughs> that was that was sarcasm for those people who are her like what, what? On the what office, we live in a republic a state of republic i don't know i watched a video where greg Locke marched trouble. around washington seven times and declared that he was still the president <laughs> and in in two days we're all gonna find out what really <laughs> happened and he just can't wait for us to find out uh, still three, ago. <laughs> three four years ago i mean what in the world you got to put a dollar in the jar. You said the GL word. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. Casting crowns, Greg Locke. <laughs> you remember when we first started, we were trying to get a casting crowns reference in every episode. I know it. We actually had an avenue to interview a few of them. We need to make that happen. I know it, the drummer it, just, he listens to the podcast. Yeah, we need to We need to get hey, him Mark on Hall, come on the podcast. Mark, here. we want you to come defend yourself because we have – just shamelessly slandered your group and quoted your lyrics in vain. And yes. you need to, you need to speak into this. You need to come be the voice of truth. Cause who am I? <laughs> you know, like it was no silent night. 
Oh, we could go. Me. Yes, we could go I on and on. It. I love me some Casting Crown song, man. Do you remember sitting in the choir? I feel like I've said this on here before, but it's been years if I did. Sitting in the choir at Temple Baptist, talking about how awesome the new Casting Crown songs were. And like you, you and I were sitting up there. We just, we hadn't known each other too long, but we were talking. Know. It was like, it was cutting edge. Casting Crown's new songs, bro. It was and I don't know awesome. if I ever said Casting Crowns was awesome. I, loved- I remember we talked about it. Yeah, dude, we loved it. I still do. Yeah, they do have some good stuff. There, There is one that they have that I'm trying for the life of me to remember right now. Um, but it was a it was a really it's a Christmas song that um, I don't remember. But yeah, Mark Hall, come on the podcast. You have a free invite. There you go. Yes, you do. Well, Nate, I know that uh, we shut the text out, not to make a hard pivot from casting crowns to this, but um, <laughs> you and I sat down over the last couple of days and we've watched the uh, documentary uh, that has come out um, on the ID network, Max, whatever it is. Um, let us pray, P R E Y. Um, there's some folks that are part of the RFP fam that are on there, Rachel Peach and a few others. And we know, of course, back years ago, when we first started, there was the, the, the podcast, the preacher boys podcast with Eric Schwarzynski, um, that was diving into more. We wanted to expose here on the RFP, the legalism. We want to help and encourage people whose lives have been negatively affected by fundamentalist legalism in the church. And we've wanted to challenge those who promote tradition over scripture. Mm-hmm. That's the lane that we've stayed in. Eric was going on this route of exposing the um, sexual predators, um, the pedophiles, um, the cover-ups in the IFB world. Yeah, and and we've said from the beginning, both are important. We're not called Very to much. do what what Eric did. As a matter of fact, we've prayed for him nonstop yeah. and, and we'll continue to do that because what he's doing is dark. And we've, we've had some one-on-one moments with him and in yeah. Vegas and he, he visited South Carolina we got to hang out for a while. And, and I know we've had tons of phone conversations, text messages. Well, he, he was in a very, very, very dark world. And this, this documentary, man, just it exposes all of that, but he stayed in his lane. We've stayed in our lane. And and I explained it to my daughter last night, like this, Elise was watching part of the documentary with me and we just both were just so heavy hearted, but uh, he he's exposing the abuse, which is important. These voices need to be heard. We're dealing with the, the theology that's behind the abuse, the environment that right. allows this abu- abuse to happen. And we're calling that out because that's really the the f- the root of the issue yeah. and the fruit of the issue, the 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 offspring of the bad theology is yeah. abuse. And so I'm thankful for what Eric's done and for what what this this documentary stands for. But uh, we still believe in what God has called us to do, and um, I believe full-orbed healing has to deal with the theology underlying everything, the root of the issue, as well as exposing the abuse. Right. It's a dark world, and, you know, I mean, we we've, we told Eric years ago, if you're just going to live in that world, man, you got to have some outlets. I, I've spent three days watching four episodes and I feel disgusted 
Yeah. I, feel, I mean, there's so many, like, I mean, just, I finished it last night. My wife and I did at 2 AM. Uh, we watched the last two episodes and, you know, we put the kids to bed and just my initial gut reaction. I was like, there's so many emotions. I mean, I'm sitting on the table. I was, I was walking around. My blood pressure was going up. I mean, you know, knowing what we've known in this last five years inside of that world and just knowing these names and, and I feel just this level of like, there was anger and sadness and heartbreak and frustration and just so many emotions in there. And I posted this, I mean, frustrations because I'm like, isn't there something more that we can do? Why does this keep happening? I mean, we've done a podcast. We've, we've, we, we jump back into a world. Let's be straight up honest. We don't need this podcast. Um, we, we really didn't start this to become what it has become. We were out of this world and this podcast has put us right back in the center of this whatever you call it, you know, and I'm thinking the frustration is, could we do more? Like, is there more that we could do to expose? I don't know. Um, it gets frustrating at times where there's also voices. There's six or seven ladies that are sharing their story. How many more voices are not being heard? How many stories, how many girls Mm. now are still stuck in that mess? How much cover up is still happening right now? inside of these churches. And that, that frustrates me. It angers me. It breaks my heart. And I just sat there and wept last night. I don't cry. I mean, you've known me for a long time, Nathan, like it takes a lot. And I just sat there after it it was over. And my wife's like, are you crying? I'm like, babe, this tearing me up. Like Mm -hmm. I just, oh, my heart breaks for them. And the, I, I have three daughters and I just, I don't trust anybody (laughs) you know i think the more less now than when we started five years ago on this thing but like just i I kept seeing my girls in rachel and kelly and amanda and when they're talking and i'm like that that would be the ages of my daughters right now and i don't know man it's it's been heavy it's been hard and then i get on twitter and see all the yeah everybody it's it's disgusting. It's really making me frustrated. I, I almost don't know if we should record tonight because it's so raw. And yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll I've been in talk. <laughs> I've been in that space all day as well, JC. And I felt the sadness. I felt the anger. Um, and going into this, uh, you know, we took a little bit of heat because yeah. we we didn't jump on the train early and start promoting this, which I wanted to, but there was no way for us to view it early. And I was talking to Eric the night before. He didn't even get to see it until it was the final product, until it was released. Can't endorse something you've never seen. Yeah, we can't endorse something that we didn't watch. So we we waited, and yeah. we we allowed you know Rachel and some other people to discuss it on the RFP page, but we limited some of the you know reactions and interactions because. Uh, or the posts that, you know, because everybody was wanting to post about it, but we weren't going to promote it until we knew. Here here was some of our fear, and we discussed this in detail. Um, number one, anytime Satan gets a hold of mistakes that happen in the church, the church needs to own it. But anytime Satan gets a hold of it, and anytime the secular media, mainstream media, gets a hold of abuse in the church, it is usually twisted into a way that says, uh, you know, this disproves Christianity. Right. All churches are bad. This proves that there's not a God. This proves that all churches are corrupt. And 
I'm not going to promote anything like that because there is the true church. There is the true remnant of people who are faithful to the word of God that aren't abusive, that are protecting victims and that are uh, helping survivors heal. And that's been our hearts. We're three pastors of three local churches that are a part of one movement of churches that is making a difference. And in our church, we're fighting against abuse and and uh, things that are done in the name of God that that damage children and women and people. So we were really worried because almost every you know expose we've seen like this documentary, it's there's there's you know this open generalization that all churches are bad, and yeah. We just didn't want to promote it and then it be something that wasn't what we would want to put our stamp of approval on, not, not our stamp of approval, but we, without seeing it, there's no way of knowing the angle that it was going to go. Not that we did not believe the girl's stories. Yeah. You know, somebody, somebody said on there and it hit me just hard. Like your silence is speaking very loudly. And I'm like, hold up. You know, we, we don't know what is about to come out. We believe. Mm -hmm. We hear you. We trust you. We know we've supported you. You know, I mean, we've had multiple conversations with these ladies over the years, but just with the angle, I mean, being what you just said, a secular twist on that, we wanted to make sure that it was, you know, done in a way that was going to um, present the facts. And I was pleasantly surprised when it came to that. They now I don't agree with everything that was said on there. Eric said some things I disagree with. Uh, yeah. I do think they broad brush the IFB. Yep. But you know, the IFB has earned that, uh, that the church has earned some black eyes and you can't control the narrative when you enable abuse, when you silence victims, when you, you know, allow that environment to, to thrive. And I do believe that the IFB has created an environment where there's little accountability and where abusers yeah. can thrive. So the church needs to own that. And while they did, I think right at the very beginning, Eric Skrzynski said, uh, all IFB churches are a powder keg ready to explode. Yeah. You know what? He has a lot of evidence for that. And I know why he says that. We disagree on that. But that's a very small point in this. It is a broad brush. Brush is a generalization. But you and I both know there are good, healthy, solid IFB churches. And we have said so many times over the last five years, we are not saying every independent fundamental Baptist church is bad. We are not saying leave your independent fundamental Baptist church. That that's not a broad brush that we're saying the ones that are bad, they're Call bad. Them out. Call yeah. them out. And that's exactly what this did. Um, you know, you have to understand, I think not, not that I'm, I'm giving Eric an out for that, but in the world that he's lived in, what he is exposing, all he sees is the bad. He's yeah. only looking at the bad. He does not see the good in any IFB church. So for him to make that statement, that's what he really believes because that's all he sees, period. And, com- and compared to the abuse, the evil abuse that is pointed out in this, man, I'm not going to beat Eric, Eric up oh, over well. making a generalization because I, I think, like I said, the church has earned some of the black eyes and some of the yeah. cultish false churches and false pastors and false teachers and abusers and those who cover up abuse, that's that's what we need to walk away from this from. I've seen multiple people today trying to make a a, a small thing, and I called out some of them on Twitter because uh, this I, we can promote this 
while we don't agree with everything in it, because these voices need to be heard. And I do want to speak to the survivors. Yeah. Um, Ruthie, thank you for sharing your story. It was very moving. Rachel, I hear you. I see you. I'm praying for your healing. I'm I'm thanking God for some of the justice that you've seen and experienced. And I'm praying for so much more. Someone said in it, you know, we'll we'll just take what we can get because it's it's hard to get convictions. And man, it breaks my heart to see these people's people that have ruined abusers who've ruined ladies' lives getting two and a half years or or five years or suspended sentences or house arrest or what it man, it's it's shameful. So Rachel, I see you. I hear you. Kathy, I was moved beyond even anything I can express by your story. And I don't know if we've ever met, but I feel like I know you. Like I I, literally was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I feel like I know you. We've like just I felt like connection to you on a level that I just cannot even explain. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're someone I grew up with and uh, your story is horrible. When you were abused and the pastor's wife took you out and and berated you and blamed it on you and your mom blamed it on you, I had tears in my eyes then and I have tears in my eyes right now because my heart breaks as a dad. <sighs> my heart breaks as a pastor who protects young women in my congregation and my flock. And Kathy, I'm so sorry for what you've gone through. And I thank God for healing. I rejoice when I see pictures of your family and and seeing that God has done things in your life to to bring healing. Brianna, Nanette, like hearing your stories, you are survivors. You were victims. You are survivors. And hearing your story on such a large platform that people around the world are seeing this. Yes, I, I, I hurt that that happened. I hurt that the cause of Christ is is taking a hit for this but the most important thing to me is that you need to be heard you need a voice you have a voice now and many of you have seen justice and seen your your abusers brought to justice and to the lady that from Hiles Anderson what was her name I can't remember her name the one that Dave Hiles Nanette yeah that was hard, man. I mean, to see her go in there and to walk away and, and just to, to feel her emotion of not seeing justice done. Like, you know, there's a day of reckoning coming for that, man. Yes. Yeah, and not only was did she not get justice then, they, now the oh, pastor today, yeah. Wilkerson, you have a responsibility yes, you do. to deal with things that your church Nobody has, has done over the years. Hair. Sorry, we're talking over. I'm so we're fired up. Nobody cares about a dude with long hair right now. And that's what you're apologizing for. This is real life. Like these are the people that have been hurt that you need to be shepherding right now. First Baptist of Hammond needs a protocol for how to deal with this string of uh, abuse victims that that are going to show up. And yeah. and for the pro obviously they do have a protocol right now. It's Kick them out. leave the property or we're calling the cops on you. Oh, yeah. by the way, we love you. Sure. That that, that, that makes me so so angry, and my my blood boils. I had to take blood pressure medicine. It was just rising. I mean, it was disgusting. There is a day of judgment coming, and it may feel like 
that man has gotten off multiple times. Um, yeah, I, I preached through the book of Micah this Sunday, and justice is one of the main themes in the book of Micah. And one of the points that I brought out is that we won't see perfect justice until Jesus comes back, until God judges everybody and all the hidden sins are brought out. But Ruthie brought it up in the, the meeting for the blind eye group. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying it, something blind eye, the, the group of women that have yeah. come together that uh, I, I love that they're getting healing. And I hope that they allow the power of the gospel to bring true healing, even though they've been hurt by people who claim to be preaching the gospel. They weren't. Right. They were abusers. It wasn't a church. It was a cult. But I'm, I'm praying for those women. But Ruthie said something in that, that if not in this life, one day when they stand before God, they will be brought to justice. And I believe that with all my heart. And seeing something as dark and as evil as the things that are portrayed in Let Us Pray, the documentary, season one, I believe there's more seasons to come. But but dealing with that and seeing all the dark things just makes my heart long for the day when everything is set right. And all these false pastors and false shepherds, all these wolves that are preying on yeah. people, these youth pastors that are abusing these children and teenagers, my heart longs for that to be brought to justice. Uh, there's two groups of people I want to mention right now. One, if you're listening to this, if you've watched the documentary, if you are feeling like you are stuck in a situation like these ladies were, if you are in the middle of the abuse and it is happening to you and you're being threatened to keep quiet. Um, you are being threatened with exposure of whatever. I beg you find somebody to talk to, to share, to tell, um, it is not right. That man does not have the right to do that to you. And it may feel like they are in an authority position, um, but they are not. And I, I pray that you find the, the, the freedom to share that with somebody, to just expose that. Um, I hope that that's what this does, Nathan, that this gives yeah. some people the the confidence to speak up, to speak out, and uh, to really continue to expose. And to the pastor that's watching this, don't be a coward. Man, call this stuff out. If you have this junk, this evil, this sin, this vileness going on in your church, I don't care what it does to your name or to the name of the church. It, it would be a lot better if you fixed it, got it right, expose it, turn it over, whatever you need to do. That is going to be in the end, the best decision that you can make, because if you cover this up, it's going to come back and it's going to find you. And it's going to be so much worse than if you, oh, I'm, I don't know, man, I'm frustrated. Yeah. I'm frustrated too. And, and, Part of the reason for my frustration is seeing the reactions of independent fundamental Baptist pastors on Twitter today, hey. today that are defending these proven abusers. Well, I didn't see him do anything. Well, you know, I, I think he's always been a good man. We can't really know because we don't know the girl's whole story. What if she's making it? That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. They are part of the problem. And, and one of the pastors that's being defended today on social media, I can't believe it, but his church has literally settled with multiple victims, paid them off to keep them quiet. Multiple. They've admitted their guilt by by settling. One and, is enough. <laughs> yeah. And don't, don't tell me they're not guilty. The, the evidence is overwhelming. I choose to believe 
the stories of these young girls. And I know we live in a world where there are women and men that make false dec- false accusations against pastors. But, but remember, your character and integrity will outlast any lie told about you. If it's yeah. not true, it'll come yeah. out that it's not true. The problem yeah. is we have so many facts that it is true, and they're still trying to defend it. Yep. There are still youth pastors that were moved around the country. There are still pastors that shuffle around the country in, instead of yeah. facing justice and instead of their bosses, because, yes, they're the lead pastor, but they're also a boss. They're required by law to report mm. mandatory mandatory reporters, and and, and they're, they're lying about it, and they're threatening families and young girls, and, man, it's just a broken fallen, sin-cursed world that we live in, and the church is made up of people, broken, fallen people, and the church also has tares among the wheat, Mm. wolves among the sheep, and I I think we just need to call it out. Someone asked a question today about, can Jack Scott be restored? Well, is, is is he truly a Christian, or was he a wolf among sheep? And I haven't heard him repent. I've heard him say he was falsely accused. I've heard him try to lie his way out of it. Maybe he has. I don't know. But from everything I've seen, the guy is a wolf. And I'm so fired up right now about about injustice and excusing and hiding sin and abuse by pastors and churches. But we are not excusing these abusers. And so, you know, we've got the survivors that we want to affirm. We want to help promote this. We want their voices to be heard. This is dark. This is hard. But I felt like when I was sitting there watching it, as dark as it was, every person that hears this is hearing their voice. And it doesn't take away the horrible abuse they've endured. But it's the least I can do to sit and listen before I get on Twitter and start talking about it. Do you know how many people I've... I've exchanged with the de- today on Twitter that's admitted they haven't even seen it yet. Well, then quit talking, quit topping, go watch it because these voices need to be heard. So we have the survivors, we have the abusers, the actual mm. pedophiles, the actual rapists, the actual groomers that are doing things that need to be. Some have been exposed. Some, I mean, I, my heart. Are. Yet my heart that longs for justice rejoiced when that guy pled yeah. guilty and when he was sentenced to yeah. this long years. sentence. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. I long for more of that because that's just a microcosm of the thousands of abusers that haven't been caught, or haven't, right. haven't been exposed. Yep. And then we have the pastors who cover up the abuse, who mm-hmm. who I don't know if it's even possible, but that that feels worse to me that 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 feels just as bad at least to me that they know something's going on and they hide it and they minimize the feelings of these girls they blame it on the girls it absolutely breaks my heart it makes me angry it makes me too angry to the level of wanting to go and do something about it and i have to just release that because justice vengeance is mine says the lord i will repay it's in god's hand and i know god will We'll handle it, but pastors that cover this up, I just really struggle with even believing they know my Jesus 
Yeah. Because my Jesus was just, he was holy. He was, he was always standing up for the abused, for the victim. And someone who says they follow Jesus and they cover up abuse for the sake of a paycheck, for the sake of a job, for the sake of a career. Man, you can have my career. I would trade it in a heartbeat for yep. one young girl who's being abused. I would give everything to rescue one child from having to go through that again. And that's the heart of Jesus. We sacrifice whatever it costs. And and if you're in ministry, you're going to be put in a situation where something happens in your church. Mm -hmm. And once you report it, anything can happen. It can get turned back around on you as a pastor. You can be attacked for reporting something that happened in your church you had no control over that you had all the safeguards. I've gone through all the trainings, all the protocols. We have the background checks. We do everything that we can possibly do. And then some and yeah. err on the side of caution to protect the abused and to keep this from being an abuse culture. But if you report something, man, it can get, who knows what the media can turn it into. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. We care about people. We care about children. We care about women. We care about protecting the innocent and giving a voice to those who weren't protected. And my heart just goes out and I just want to commend again, the ladies. And if we didn't mention the name of one of the ladies that was involved in this, not to mention there are tons of young men, boys yeah, that were abused. Uh, I've dealt with abuse in my life. Brian's dealt with abuse. I, I think we've all experienced different things growing up in the church world. And I just want to say that Recovering Fundamentalist podcast platform will be used to help and to serve and to minister and to bring healing to those that have been abused. That's the whole reason we started this. Yep. And that's why we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. It's good. Hey, if you have not watched the episodes yet, there's four of them. Uh, let us pray. P-R-E-Y. Google it, find it, watch it, hear them. And then I paid like $4.99 for a one month subscription to Discovery ID. If you and go to Amazon Prime, if you have Amazon Prime, you can do a seven day free trial of ID, a Discovery ID. And then you, we did that and then we just can't put it out. Yeah. Need it. So you literally can find it. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube TV soon. Um, December sixth i think it's actually on youtube tv so just find it find a way to watch it um you can find some of these ladies they're all over social media i've sent two of them a message today of support um let's do the right thing that's the yeah. best way to do the right thing nate i think it'd be wise um don't you pray for yeah. pray for the ladies pray, just pray this whole situation I, it's so far beyond anything that we can sit here and talk and get flustered that God can fix this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, I come to you as the God of justice. I come to you as the God of hope. I come to you as a God of peace, calling on you from a broken world. Lord, I, ca I call out to you as a sinful man, I call out to you as a, a human being living, living in a broken, fallen, sin-cursed 
world. But God, I believe that there is hope. I believe that there is healing that is possible. And Lord, I believe that there is redemption. Lord, I believe that there is is hope beyond abuse. And Lord, I know that you take stories of abuse and use, use those stories to help other people. And God, I know you've used my story to help those that have gone through the same types of things I've experienced. And God, you've used this podcast. So I pray for those who have been victims, who have been abused, that you would bring hope and healing through the power of the gospel into their lives and through the lives of other Christians. I pray for peace. Lord, I pray for justice. And God, I pray that you would just use this documentary that was put together through the horrible, horrible abuse stories, horrible life experiences, horrible examples of predators and people who were supposed to be shepherds and pastors that turned on the sheep and became wolves and were exposed as wolves. God, I pray that you would use their stories and use the the darkness that is being exposed in this to bring light. And God, I pray for the individual victims, these ladies that shared their stories and the millions of others that have never had an opportunity to share their stories. God, I pray that you would heal them. God, I pray that you would somehow, through the power of the gospel, through the power of your son, Jesus, who was a victim of sin and abuse and murder and lies and political religious systems that worked against him, God, through the power of the resurrection power of your son, Jesus, through the blood that was shed on the cross to forgive sins, God, I pray that you would heal the brokenhearted. Lord, I pray that you would bring sight to the blind. Lord, I pray that you would help the outcast, help the marginalized, help those that haven't had a voice. And Jesus, I pray that you would shine your hope and shine the light through this platform of the Let Us Pray documentary and God through our podcast and through everybody that is coming together to try to help those that have been hurt. God, I do pray for justice for those who are lying and covering up abuse and abusing victims right now. God, I pray for children's homes where where horrible things are happening, that you would bring it to light and set these captives free. God, I pray for children that are being abused. And Lord, I ask that the church would be your hands and feet in this world to rescue those that are experiencing abuse. And Lord, I pray that this would not drive victims away from you, but that it would draw them back to you to know that those who represented you in such a horrible, horrible way weren't the church, that they were cults, that they weren't pastors. They were wolves in sheep's clothing. And God, I I pray that you would open up hard hearts to hear the gospel, to receive your hope and your healing. And Lord, I believe that you're our only hope. You're the only Savior. You're the only Prince of Peace. And so, Lord, I turn to you and ask that you would do something that only you can do. Bring light in the middle of darkness. Bring hope and healing in the middle of abuse and pain. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being here with us on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a good week. Be sweet. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your T-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Thank you.